Reading one verse, verse 20, that you don't have, but I have. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. Now, Marty's not in here right now, so I can tell you this. (laughs) When each of our three children were born, Marty told them lovingly, we love you, and you are welcome to live in our house for the next 18 years of your life. But after that, you have to get out. (laughs) Now, I, I of course, would never say such a thing, but but Marty would. (laughs) You can talk to her later. But on this end of parenthood, 18 years seems long enough. But I imagine things are a little different on the other end of parenthood as 18 years comes to a close and you prepare that empty nest. As some of you prepare to watch your child graduate in a few days, as some of you prepare to graduate in a few days, as some prepare to see that little child become a senior and see what is ahead of you one year from now, as some are watching your children graduate from college and your grandchildren graduate from college, maybe, maybe 18 years is enough. And you're ready to quote the title of this sermon, Get Out, or Get Me Out, Let Me Out. But I imagine that we would all, if we had the chance, would experience again those 18 years, at least parts of them. The words of scripture that we heard read this morning are good words for us this time of year as we contemplate endings and beginnings. Thank you, Gary, for reading these words. They are tough ones, easy to get tongue-tied with all the words and worlds and fluffy prayer language. This prayer comes to us from the book of John, which is the strangest of the four gospels, no doubt. I can see I see the book of John sort of as the valid Victorian of the gospel class who knows he's smarter than everyone else and wants you to know it too. And so he's always using a little fluffier language, extra jargon thrown in there, and sometimes it can be confusing. So here's what you need to know. The text that we just read is actually a prayer, a prayer prayed by Jesus. Some have called it the other Lord's Prayer. The context of this prayer is the upper room on Maundy Thursday, the night Jesus was betrayed, the night that we talk about every Sunday as we gather at the communion table. On that night, according to John, Jesus spent a good measure of time giving his disciples final words of wisdom. You can read that wisdom for yourself in chapters 14 through 16 of John. And then here in chapter 17, the focus changes. Jesus turns to God and begins to pray for his disciples right there in the upper room in their presence. Now, the prayer seems a bit long, as prayers can sometimes do. So it's hard to follow everything Jesus is asking. So here's the gist. Dear God, I'm about to leave and my disciples cannot go with me. While I was with them, I protected them. Now I'm leaving, so you need to protect them. Do not take them out of the world. They've got work to do here. 
Leave them in the world so that they can finish the work, my work. But please, oh God, keep them safe. And, oh, by the way, I'm not just praying for them, but for everyone who follows me. May they all be one. In Jesus' name, I I mean, amen. Jesus can't pray in Jesus' name. It's a little joke. I apologize. But surely we can relate to Jesus today. That moment, whenever it was in your life, maybe you've had it several times when you realize that you are no longer in charge, that you can no longer protect what is in your care. Maybe it is your children or a younger sibling or your parents. Maybe it's a career, a business, or even this church that you loved for so long, in that moment you realize you have done all that you can do. There is nothing left to be done by you. You've worked for years, imparted all the wisdom you could. You've prepared them for the future, protected them at all costs, but now you must let go. You must release whatever it is into the care of another. It makes sense why the words of Jesus' prayer seem so jumbled and muddled. Moments like these are hard. What do you say? What should you say? You want to throw in a lifetime's worth of advice, yet you realize in the moment that a thousand lifetimes could not prepare you for this moment. Reflecting on Jesus' prayer, he doesn't ask God to take his disciples with him. Nor does he ask that they be taken out of the world, out of the pain, out of the struggle. He asked only that God protect them. Jesus had a mission, but that mission was not yet fulfilled. So now Jesus must hand it off to these disciples. Protect them, God, he asked, while they finish the work that you gave me to do. Now I read that additional verse from verse 20. Because in that verse, Jesus continues to pray, but he makes a shift. He'd been praying to his disciples, the 12 whom he called by name as he walked along the shores of Galilee. Those 12 who were gathered in the room that night. But at the end of the prayer, Jesus changes his language. I ask not only on behalf of these 12, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me because of their word. That they that all of us may be one. Now, did you hear it? He's not just praying for them, but for us. He's praying for us. On the night Jesus was betrayed, Jesus prayed for you. Jesus asked God to protect you and me and this church so that we can continue Jesus' work in this time and this place. Now, all the way back then, before there ever was a Norwalk Christian church or a Christian church or a Norwalk or an Iowa or any of this or any of us, Jesus prayed for all of this. He prayed that we would have courage, that we would be safe, that we would not leave the world, but that we would get out into the world and continue the work of Jesus. On the night Jesus betrayed, after he broke bread, he prayed for us. And he's still praying. It's a good thing because we need all the prayer we can get. I mean, we got problems. This world, it's hard. Life is tough. And there's so much pain, so much injustice, and a lot to fear. We need all the prayer we can get. 
But be careful what we ask prayers for. Often as parents, we wish we could keep our children safe from all the pains of life, heartbreak, disappointment, failure. If we could, we would keep it all from them. But we can't. And we probably shouldn't. After all, these are the things for good or for bad that make us all who we are. And as disciples of Christ, that's why Jesus prays for us. That our problems would not go away, but that we will survive them. That they will not get in the way of the work that we must do. But whatever we do, we are promised this. That Jesus is and will always be praying for us. So this morning, I just want you to think about that. Just think about that for a moment. Think about Jesus praying for you. Not you praying to Jesus, but Jesus praying for you. What do you need? What do you want? What does Jesus need to know? What do you want Jesus to pray for? Do you need courage? Courage to journey ahead in what's next in life? Courage to fight the disease that's in your body. Courage to survive the cure. Do you need forgiveness? Do you need to forgive? Do you need to love? Do you need to be loved? Do you need companionship, friendship? Do you need strength to stick with these kids as they sap all the energy out of you? Do you need peace as you release those kids out into the world? Do you need wisdom to know what to do next? Do you need hope? Hope that carries you through even when you feel like there are no options left. Do you need courage to do what it is you know you're called to do and let go whatever it is that is holding you back? What do you need? What do you want? Jesus is praying for you. What do you want Jesus to pray for? This church is praying for you too. That's one of the things we do best. For those of you who will graduate, for the families of those who are graduating, for those of you still in the trenches raising a family, working in jobs, making ends meet, caring for the sick, caring for your loved ones, we are praying with you. We are praying that God will protect you, that God will protect us, that God will not keep us from the world, but not keep us safe inside these walls, but that we will, be, that we will put feet to Jesus' prayer and get out into this world that God so loves, that we will finish the mission that Jesus has given us, handed to us, and that we will be the answers to Jesus' prayer this morning. Would you pray with me now, please? Dear God, whose love knows no ending, we know this life is beautiful and difficult and sometimes both at the same time. We do not ask that you take us out of this world, but that you support and protect us while we are in it that we will have courage to finish the mission that you have given us to do. That we will have the courage to share your love to everyone, for you so loved the world that you gave your only son. May we share that love in word and deed 
sharing your grace, your goodness, and your mercy with all we meet. May we hear your voice calling to us at home and at work, at school, as we socialize with friends, as we gather to worship, to volunteer, to serve, that we may feel and know and share your love. And we ask this in the name of Jesus, who prays for us and with us, and the church said together, amen. Let us now come to the table of Christ. As we sing number 422, let us talents and tongues employ.